The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. We love having you tune in and appreciate the positive feedback we've gotten at the station. And I see quite a few people have been cashing a few winners. Always like to hear that. Well, we're going to review the races that the man I admire, admire and myself, handicapped up at Arlington. And I will say on a certain level, we did deliver. And uh, the... uh, our handicapper is going to be Gary Johnson. Now, Gary's been on before, and if you've been reading any of the national media as far as qualifiers for the National Handicapping Contest, Gary is once again in the top five in the country. So on Winning Ponies, we bring you nothing but the best. Gary Johnson is going to help us break down some interesting races. At Saratoga, one of the best, the grade one, Alabama, 600,000 on the line. And what a matchup. The top three finishers from the DQ'd Coaching Club American Oaks at Saratoga will be meeting again. And then out at Del Mar, a slew of big races. You've got the grade two Pat O'Brien, the grade two Del Mar Handicap, and the big one, million dollars on the line, and that is the TVG Pacific Classic Grade 1 million, a mile and a quarter. It's the two-time champion girl taking on some top-flight boys. The girl I'm talking about is Beholder, who has just been awesome this season. 3-4-3, three, three, and man, she loves Delmar. Four lifetime starts, three wins, and a second for earnings of 342000 Lifetime, she's won 13 of her 18 starts and $3.6 million. And if you got to see the Clement Hirsch last time out, she and Gary Stevens just devastated the field there at Del Mar, drawing off by seven. So trainer Richard Mandela, uh, my hat's off to him. He's game. Uh, Spendthrift Farm. Uh, is willing to uh, you know put her unblemished 2015 record on the line. It's the first time Beholder will be going a mile and a quarter, and it's the first time she'll be taking on the boys. So I'll be very interested in seeing who Gary Johnson picks in that big race this weekend. First up, our first guest is going to be Kenny McPeak. Kenny's been with us before. Uh, if you watch national racing, you've watched plenty of his horses uh, win some big races, including the Traverse Stakes. And we have some late-breaking information about his Traverse Stakes winner golden ticket. I'll just leave that as a little bit of a tease for you. So 
Looking forward to having those guys on. All right, let's go to some of the news of the week and some of the nice hits we had over with our easy win forms. A little bit of everything. Mountaineer Park, a $1 super paid over $5,200 at Delaware. A 50-cent pick five returned back $4,300 in Chicago at Arlington. $1 super high five, $3,100. Of course, did pretty good at the spa this week, too. We had a $1 pick four that paid $3,093, a $1 pick five paying $2,900, and a $1 super key, $2,600. Log on to winningponies.com and pull down those sheets before you go to the races or your favorite OTB parlor. All right, let's start with some good news. Wise Dan back on track. It looks like uh, he'll be going to the Woodbine Mile. Now, he's a two-time winner of the Woodbine Mile, and uh, he's on the comeback trail after suffering a non-displaced fracture at the bottom of the cannon bone in his right front fetlock. Hasn't raced since winning his second edition of the Shadwell Turf Mile. I was there. It was impressive. That was at Keeneland last October. His latest move, uh, he breathed six furlongs and one 14 Golden and Company galloped out seven furlongs and 126 and one. Uh, Lepresti uh, feels uh, very uh, good about Wise Dan coming back, but uh, he says he's probably got about two more weeks. Then he's going to take him back to Dr. Larry Bromledge right before he goes to Woodbine. Uh, he does feel that that fits into the schedule, and of course he'd like to come back. And uh, being a six-time Eclipse Award winner who trains at Keeneland, he'd love making it to the Breeders' Cup there. But he says, I won't run him until he gets checked one more time by Dr. Bramlage. Well, uh, Frosted uh, works a bullet coming up towards the Travers. We're still not sure who's going to show up. He had kind of... Uh, uh, a slow four furlong one, so they decided to tighten the screws up a bit, and the son of Tappet got down to business going 59-3 and three over the Saratoga surface. So uh, he won, of course, the Wood Memorial, fourth in the Derby. Uh, he was closest to him in the Belmont Stakes behind American Pharaoh. And uh, then he just got edged by a half length by Breeders' Cup Juvenile winner Texas Red in the Jim Dandy. So uh, they feel that uh, Frosted is ready to roll. Uh, They say it was a true prep race, that last one. And uh, we'll see if American Pharaoh shows up. Karen McLaughlin's not sure. He says if he is here, we have to face him again. Doesn't change our plans. It just means our odds will be a little bit higher. Well, of course, we had Justin Zayat on the show last week, and he was telling us that um, nobody's 100% sure where he's going to go, though I believe his family would like American Pharaoh to go to the Traverse Stakes. And uh, he turned in his first breeze since winning the Haskell. He went four furlongs and 47-3 and three on Sunday. Of course, uh, Martin Garcia was in uh, the saddle, about 800 people showed up to watch him work out at 7.45 in the morning. And uh, they comments from Baffert were that he went nice, just like he always does. He liked the empty track. He said that allowed him to relax a little bit more and gets keyed up when there's more horses around him. So uh, the clockers caught him pretty much in 12s, three furlongs, and 34 and 4. And uh, head clocker John Malone said he was well within himself for the move. Now, 
His connections have not officially confirmed American Ferrell will start in the Traverse Stakes. Baffert said he will try to make the race as long as the Colt continues to thrive in his training regimen. So uh, he's scheduled to work again later this week, I think in about uh, five days from now, and then Baffert's going to make the decision. Uh, it's expected that he'll race at least this once more time before starting in the Breeders' Cup Classic, and then he will be retired to Ashford Stud near Lexington. Now, the people at Monmouth would like to see American Pharaoh race one more time in addition to the Travers, and are trying to come up w- with a race that will fit uh, in his schedule with a $1 million race in September. They're trying to work it out where there would be a quote on a three-race bonus package where you'd have to win the uh, Travers and the Breeders' Cup Classic and, of course, the race at Monmouth Park in the middle. Of course, the Zayats really enjoy being at Monmouth, and you never know, they might be able to lure him in. We'll find out. Well, back to Saratoga, a race that we didn't handicap, but uh, it was a good one. Big Chief Racing's Exaggerator came all the way over from California and put in a big performance in the $200,000 Saratoga Special. Two-year-old son of Curlin came from off a maiden-breaking score at Del Mar. Keith DeSormo, ring any bells? Texas Red? Yes, it does. And uh, he you know, didn't have an easy way to go. Flew out of California, vanned out of Kentucky, and then went up there, only had two gallops over the track. But uh, he, he got the job done. So they're very excited at the DeSormo barn. They're all buzzing over Exaggerator. Put that name down. You might be hearing more from that horse. We'll see if they show up at the hopeful seven furlongs on September 7th. Uh, upset time. No surprise at Saratoga. Grand Arch pulled off the upset in the four-star Dave. It's a grade two on the turf. It was a thrilling four-horse finish. You had to see it, and uh, you can, of course, pull that down. Luis Sayez was in the saddle for trainer Brian Lynch. Now, Grand Arch, uh, he, he's a little, little bit of an older horse, but he did win the 2014 King Edward Stakes, which is a grade two, up at Woodbine. He was a $120,000 purchase, so uh, congratulations to those connections. Only helping uh, the Saratoga handle, that's up $47.7 million. Uh, The weather, of course, has been good. Uh, They've only had seven races come off the turf versus 15 last year, and I know that any place I've been, the handle and the buzz is Saratoga, so good weather helping them like to see the handle go up at any track in the U.S. All right, the action last week was in Chicago at Arlington Park. Had a good time handicapping with my friend Ed Meyer. Uh, first race, the American St. Lager, grade three. There was an Irish bread in there that uh, called Lucky Speed that uh, rated very nice in fifth and fourth, went four wide, and just got up. To beat Panama Hat, this horse looked like he had it won, one of those Team Valor horses, uh, led by two in the lane, but did get caught in the third spot. It was Hyper who went off the slight favorite. Of course, Pizza Man was scheduled to go in this race, but Pizza Man elected to pass for a race later in the card 
and <laughs> rightfully so, as we'll soon report. Okay, the grade one secretariat, it went to my pick in there, Highland Real, the Irish bread, wire to wire, Aiden O'Brien, he doesn't come into town for the Chicago hot dogs, one by five and a quarter. Second was 14 to one shot, closing bell, Bill Mott trainee, we thought had a lot of upside to him, looks like he does, and then it was forced to pass, who broke in the air, was the favorite, ended up in the third spot. The Beverly D, it was DQ time. That's right, a little shake up there. Uh, Drifting out was Secret Gesture, uh, shipping in from Ireland. The uh, daughter of Galileo interfered with Stephanie's kitten, who dropped back to third. So Chad Brown's horse, what's the chances, gets moved up to first. Stephanie's kitten out of the Chad Brown barn gets second and moved down to third. The horse that finished in front secret gesture and then of course the horse that we both picked at 10 to 1 did deliver the pizza man paid 1380 got up by a neck a very well rated ride by florent jarrell in the second spot was big blue kitten who just lasted over the rabbit from the chad brown barn shining copper so that's a look at the action we looked at last week right now getting ready to take a break we're going to come back and find out what our friend and top trainer kenny mcpeak's been up to you're listening to winning ponies to the pros we, we, we cover, everything. cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, lucky enough to grab one of the busiest guys and top trainers in thoroughbred racing, Kenny McPeak's going to be with us. He was uh, born in Arkansas, but he bleeds Kentucky blue, pretty much raised in Lexington. Uh, Broke his maiden at a little old track by the name of River Downs up in Cincinnati. Uh, I know Kenny's probably won, I'm going to say, over 120, but I need to update his bio. Uh, Stakes in his career, of course, uh, in addition to the Belmont, he won back-to-back. 
Jack Spinster Stakes with Take Charge Lady, and uh, the Gulfstream Park Handicap with Hard Buck and Prince Arch back to back. Other ones, uh, the Florida Derby, the Ashland, the Bluegrass, the Darley Alcibades. I won't go on or I won't get a chance to talk. Blah to blah 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, lately I went a maiden claimer, <laughs> but it You're goes like there. that. We're actually having a slow summer here in Saratoga, but it's extremely tough here. But we, I think I'm third leading trainer at Ellis right now, so I guess that's a consolation prize. Well, a- ab- absolutely. Um, well, uh, first uh, I-, I pulled up on my computer. I c- of course, there's the Kentucky Derby. And there's the Midsummer Derby that's just about as hard to win. And several years ago, you won that race with Golden Ticket, and it was uh, just announced that he's going to be retired. I understand he retired sound. Uh, what kind of horse was he like to be around, and where, where do you think he might end up with? I would think with his bloodlines, he's going to be sought after. Yeah, you know, it looks like he's going to probably stand in, in New York, um, someplace up here. He has been a really great horse to be around. He started his career a little slow, um, had a little hard time breaking his maiden, but when he finally figured it out, he got good. And, of course, of course his Travers win here was a, was a huge day. Of course, he dead-heated in that race with Alpha, which the irony of that was is that I grew up with Karen McLaughlin and Lexington. We played, actually played midget football together. Oh, so no for kidding. Us, the time race that neither one of us had ever won was was really fun um and beyond that i mean he's been a real real solid horse and he um you know he's gonna find a good home up there he looks like he's he's got a chance to get probably 100 mares in his first first crop now you you think that maybe age caught up with him and you wanted to err on the side of safety and just make sure he retired sound well in all honesty i'm not sure we handled him correctly i i really thought we should have probably retired him at the end of his five-year-old year um, he, you know, he was second in the Breeders' Cup mile at four. We took a shot at it at five, and he didn't run well that day. And then we made the decision to bring him back at six because we hadn't made any stud plans at that point. And um, it, it hadn't been a good year for him this year. He, he's hitting the ground fine, but he's just lost a step. And, you know, that happens with a lot of them. And, and he's uh, certainly worked hard and He's within 200 yards from where I'm sitting right now. Um, I'm sitting on the backside of uh, Oklahoma Racetrack at Saratoga. I've got a home that backs up to the track, and my stables are about 200 yards from me, and it's real convenient. But um, it's uh, you know one of the greatest spots in horse racing right now. So. Absolutely. Well, you, you've earned it. It's a little slice of heaven, but you can't get to where you are w- w- without your owners. And uh, I know that I'm on your, your email list. Uh, it's too bad my wallet's not on your client uh, level. But uh, tell me a little bit about you reaching out, partnerships. As you know, for many years, Pat Lang and I shot down there at Keeneland, and you'd come in, and sometimes we couldn't fit your group in the winner's circle. So you've done a good job at partnerships. Uh, tell us about it and how you approach it. Well, I enjoy... I enjoy bringing new people into the game. I, I think that it's sometimes people are a little intimidated by it. Um, I've had I've had a Cincinnatian or two that have come into the game that didn't know a whole lot about it, taking them to the highest level. You know, the guy that owned uh, Take Charge Lady didn't know he didn't know anything about horse racing when he came in, and 
we were fortunate enough to, to, to come up with her and repent. And, of course, I don't work for him anymore, and I'm not sure how well he's doing in the game, but I like taking people to those big races. And it's a, it's a lot of fun um, teaching people that, you know, the idiosyncrasies of the sport, it's, um, sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes they get it. Sometimes they don't. Um, I have an old saying, the, uh, and it's really not mine, but, you know, a good horse brings out the worst in people. Sometimes you get a really good horse and people don't know how to handle it. But it's a, um, it's an absolute rush when you get a good one. And, and, and I've continued to work hard to try to bring people in. And let's see if they uh, have fun. And if they want to play for an extended period, great. And if they can't, then that's okay, too. I'll see them at the races otherwise. Well, uh, you, you had a great interview last week on the Market Watch section of uh, the Blood Horse, and the podcast is still up there for anybody that uh, would like to listen uh, more about Kenny's a, a approach to the sale. But I, I, thought, I found it really interesting that, uh, how you developed kind of your love for attending the sales as a kid and uh, how you would you'd cover up the bottom of the page as far as a horse's earnings and try to see if you could outguess yourself as to which one was a good racehorse and which one wasn't, and then you'd find out when you took your hand off the catalog. Yeah. It's immediate information, and the only difference with the broodmare sale is, of course, the mares have gained a lot of weight since they, since they were racing. But you get a general idea of the horse's confirmation, and it's a um, certainly a learning tool, but I learned how to read a pedigree when I was probably 12 or 13 years old, and I started getting a general idea of how horses should have been made, you know, after that. And then there, there's a there's a correlation between how a horse is made and how they're bred, and so breeding is important, but at the same time, the racehorse being a hybrid, it is very unpredictable. So... You know, it's as much art as it is science, and I think sometimes people with too much science behind it, but it, it, to me it's completely art. You just have to have an eye for it and instinct. Well, I need to ask you this question because uh, some people might not know it, but uh, you once trained the leading Ohio bred of all time who went on the national racing scene, won numerous grade ones, was the favorite in the Kentucky Derby, and that's Harlan's Holiday, who was an Ohio bred. Do you, have, have you kind of, certainly with the New York program growing as it is, uh, Indiana was solid for many years, Ohio's on the upside, do you keep an extra eye out for state breds, or does that not factor in? No, I really don't put any value into it at all. I think that yeah, I look for confirmation. Um, I want to see it that a horse is well made, um, that has what I'd call a good aura. Um, you've got so many different types of confirmations. And and whether a horse is foaled in, you know, Kentucky, Ohio, Florida, New York, Pennsylvania, California, I mean, th- there's good versions everywhere. I mean, if you realize you think about it, I mean, New York, funny side, Ohio, obviously, Parliament's holiday, the greatest horse ever to leave there. Kentucky, long list, you can't even begin. And then, you know, Florida, you know, the Fapiano and Bridal line, and California, Tis now. So they come from everywhere. And, you know, Brazil. I bought Einstein in Brazil. So, I mean, you, you just don't know where a good horse comes from, so you can't discriminate just because of, who the sire is or because they're fold someplace, you just have to 
keep an open mind because you know um, they you know Goodwin can outrun any of them if he's on his best day. So, well, Kenny, I just want to let you know I I, I finally broke down and uh, moved into the 21st century, and I'm holding in my hand. Uh, my my iPhone right, right now, and I'm looking down today. I had to go to the dentist, had to kill some time, and I just went up on horse races now and got some information for show prep. Tell us how it's going with horse races now. It's probably ten times as many people as when we talked last. We're up to three hundred and fifty thousand users in one hundred and ninety countries. Wow! And yeah, I mean, actually, it's one hundred and ninety six countries. So we've been downloaded worldwide. It has been, it's a classic startup company. Um, and, you know, another Cincinnatian, uh, Chris Carper is, is our COO. He runs that company for me. And we, we've got some real light at the end of the tunnel. It's, it's financially been a very difficult project, but we grow anywhere from 10 to 12,000 users per month. Um, for those out there that have never used the app, do you have an iPhone in your hand or an Android? Here's the deal. You go to the App Store or the Google Play Store. You you can search McPeak, two E's and a K, or you can do horse races now and simply download the app. You've got to register because we need to know who your favorites are and such. And then there's another way to do it. You can simply text the word horse Text the word horse to 84700 and it'll download directly on your phone. But this thing has been um, really fun. It's been challenging, but we believe we can grow the, grow the uh, base of our sport in the millions without any problem in the next several years. And um, we've got some ideas that eventually you'll be able to bet through the app, which is really dangerous. I don't know if you should be doing that, John. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after a couple of beers, and somebody looks really good at Del Mar late at night. So, but uh, yeah. just to let everybody know that uh, if a, a untech guy like me can figure it out, uh, it, Kenny's even made it easier because there's actually demo videos inside. So once you get there, he'll still hold your hand and show you where to go and, and how to get to, you know to where it is. And it's got a little bit of everything. I mean, entries, results, live racing, race replays, uh, channels, news, uh, today's changes, alerts. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable. And I'm still learning about it myself, Kenny, to be honest with you. We're, we're, we are so close to having a major deal with, with a, well, we have two major entities in the sport that could completely change the direction or the growth of us in a major way. And if either deal goes down in the next couple, three months, then the product's going to be, well, there'll be a, a much better depth of video. There'll be wagering functionality. There'll be, um, well, video from every racetrack. I mean, right now we don't have Churchill. We don't have New York tracks. We don't have uh, Stronic Group tracks. When we get and we can aggregate all those different videos live and replays inside the app, then it's going to bring us to another level, and, and that's really what we've been needing to do. Um, we're still a crude version, but but um, I, I like to say we did the Geico version. Even a caveman can do it. It's pretty easy. <laughs> Horse races now. You guys try it. It's simple. I don't care if you're young or you're old. Horse races now. It's the coolest app ever. 
Well, I noticed that, that you, you, you've picked up uh, some excellent sponsors, Horse Racing Radio, Phasing Tipton, uh, you know, Keeneland, uh, Tattersalls. Um, so is, is that how the program's being funded right now is through your sponsorships? We pull in about anywhere from twenty to $30,000 a month in ad revenue, and some of it comes in a little bit at a time by, um, oh, generated ads through Google or um, – um, iads and then we also have industry supporters you know um, just off the top of my head um, you know thoroughbred owners and breeders hbpa we've got um, uh, several stud farms especially later in the year we start getting more stud farms you know bet america is a, is a prominent wagering company we've got um, oh tvg is regularly advertised with us i could go on and on and on but um, and that and that's been a good support system for us. Um, Thurber Daily News, which we promote, the Blood Horse as well. But we, we've got to um, we've got to really amp that up. And but we can't amp it up unless we have more users. And then when that happens, then that that helps our our bottom line where we you know we actually get profitable. And in all honesty, we've been negative cash flow since the beginning, but, um, like anything, you know, a startup company, these things aren't easy, but it's, um, it's been fun. Um, I have no regrets. Um, I'm still doing fine. And, and although I'm not winning any races at Saratoga, but, um, I've been winning them elsewhere, but, um, we got to keep doing that. That's the day job. Well, uh, all I can say is, you know, uh, you know, through horse races now and through the fact that probably about 40,000 people will be listening to this show, either live or through podcast, uh, I hope they got the message. You certainly spoke it loud and clear and slow enough that everybody should be able to uh, get horse races now uh, on their iPhone. And all I can tell you is it is it's sensational, whether you want news replays results uh, it's right there in your hand wherever you're at and i it was, it was genius kenny my, my my hat's off to you and anybody else that you in, involved in the invention of it well it's been fun i mean the sport the sport really needs it we need to learn how to connect the people quicker and um in this day and age um everything's instant and um you know when you get a when you when you program the app to to help you follow whether it's your favorite trainer or jockey or or whatever it might be, your tracks, then it, it really it comes to your phone. You can be in the grocery store or even church and never miss a race. <laughs> I'll just pretend <laughs> I'm reading my Bible, can't he? <laughs> make yeah. sure the sound's turned <laughs> off. Well, listen, man, uh, it, it's, it's always great to talk to you. You know, I enjoy, uh, enjoy hearing you. I enjoy watching your horses run. Uh, I'm sure our paths will cross uh, down at Keeneland here in the fall. But in the meantime, you just put your feet up there and glaze across the Oklahoma training track and have a cold one on me. I miss our buddy Kevin, the announcer at River. I miss coming to River, and I, I, I'm going to be coming back up there eventually. And they'll always say, what, oh, what are you doing here? I said, I started here. Oh, man, I love it. Everybody's got their roots. Kenny what McKee, was Kevin's they- last name? Gomer, Kevin Gomer. He came from Kevin here. Gomer, for those out there that don't know, was one of the best race callers. I always enjoyed his calls, and it's a shame may his, his um, may he rest in peace. But um, this this industry didn't get to know Kevin Gomer like they should have. He was a really special guy. 
He was good. He was one of the best. Uh, he, the one thing that amazed me about him, Kenny, is he could see a horse making a winning move at the three furlong pole, and he'd call your horse's name out, and people would look at each other and say, what? That horse is running fifth. And if he said your horse was making your winning move, like Kevin always said, if I tell you a mouse can pull a freight train, you just be there to hook it up. Oh, he was good. And I remember he'd call a horse when he was getting ready to stop, too. One of my favorites was he would say, he would say, um, the horse's name is looking for some place to lay down. <laughs> he, knew, he knew that horse was quitting. I need to run. Everybody have a Take great care. night. Appreciate your time. All right. That was Kenny McPeak calling us from Saratoga. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and we come back. One of the top handicappers in the country, Gary Johnson, is going to join us. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right. Well, I remember years and years ago, back in the 70s, I had an album uh, by the Johnson Brothers. It was, And they had a great tune called I'll Be Good to You. And over the last couple of decades, both Billy and Gary Johnson have been good to me. Great guys in horse racing. Of course, uh, just two weeks ago, we had Billy on. Uh, telling us about Deshaun Parker and the fact that they're going to have to leave their uh, steady home in Mountain Air and go find some money out in Remington. And now we're going to talk to professional handicapper Gary Johnson, his brother, uh, who's been having a sensational season. I saw a release uh, from the NTRA, and it looks like, once again, you're in the top five cappers in the country, Gary. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, John. Always a lot of fun. Well, um... I wanted to ask you, as far as uh, your playing in contest, uh, do you do you pretty much travel from track to track? Do you do some of them online? Uh, what's, what's your rhythm? Because you sure sound like you stay busy. I do. Uh, basically, I play online probably every day of the week, and, and normally on a weekend I'm, I'm off to wherever the contest would be. Um, you know, this past week I was at Saratoga, and then uh, last Saturday I shipped over to uh, Hawthorne for a contest. And uh, this is probably the first weekend I've had off in uh, three, four months. So I've been doing a lot of traveling, uh, 
kind of that's where the money is, you know, where you get to a live tournament on on track, and that's kind of where the big money is. Well, that's that's where I was going to go next, Gary. Is uh, what what is your favorite kind of contest? I know that a lot of them have different formats. I mean, you as a player, where have you had your most success, and and why do you like that kind of contest? Yeah, John. Lately, you know, and I used to play in a lot of contests, but I was a little bit smaller, and you know, it gets expensive. If you go into a slump, you know, it's tough to tough to come out of it, especially financially. So. I started paying more attention to these live monies because you can get into a tournament, and when you're there, and if, you, if somebody makes a big score and you're way behind, you can always take the money and put it in your pocket and wait for next week. So I've had that philosophy for the last two years um, on the live money because you usually start with a bankroll of two or $3,000, and if you get behind, you just take the money and run. Very interesting. Now, um, do you approach a, a contest differently than you would just a day at the races? I sure do. Um, you know, contest is all strategy. Uh, naturally, you know, a lot of days we might be at the races and we'll see a horse we think is going to win or, you know, a big favorite, and the price just isn't right. But in a contest, um, you can't take a shot on a, on a short-priced horse because if something big comes in, you're just behind the eight ball. It's a little bit too tough to make up. So my whole philosophy in a contest and, and live gambling is completely the opposite now. And, you know, and I used to be involved and do a lot of gambling throughout my life, and the contest, and it took me took me some lumps to to learn, you know, the difference, or you know, and I took my took my beats, but uh, you know, I've I've paid a lot of attention lately, and I've gotten a lot better at it. Well, one thing I I, I didn't tell our our, our listeners, uh, though you've been on the show uh, numerous times, is that uh, you, you are very much of an accomplished horse trainer, uh, winning uh, twenty six meets at Thistledown, a meet at Mountaineer. Um, one year you finished seventh nationally in the number of wins with two hundred and five victories. As far as your ability of being a trainer, I, I personally think trainer number one is the physicality of the horse, but number two is reading the conditions and getting your horse. In, in the place where he can win. Do you feel that's given you an edge over the years as a professional handicapper? I really do. I mean, I lived it, you know, lived day and night horses, and that's all I did. You know, I had a racing form in my hand. So I really feel I have the edge, and not to, to apologize for it or something, but, you know, it's just something I do. And even when I'm, when I'm losing, I always feel like I can still win. It gives me more confidence. Whereas I think a person that maybe hasn't been around the business or been around a horse, sometimes when they get, you know, start not doing real well, They'll feel they're overmatched, and you know psychologically, it's a, it's a it's a very tough deal of these contests. You know, there's a lot of great players out there now, and there's a lot of money, so you have to be on top of your game. And I, I think that a lot of it's mental, and it's just like the day to races when we go bet our money. Well, speaking of betting money, I'm going to bet some money at Saratoga and Del Mar over the weekend. Let's take a look at a couple races. Uh, the, the Alabama is a, a, just a legendary stakes race uh, up at Saratoga. And uh, it's a grade one. It's an interesting distance. It's a mile and a quarter that we don't see a whole lot. But th- we're certainly comparing apples to apples in here because there are so many horses in this race that are coming out of the coaching club, American Oaks. Danette Carolina, who got put up by DQ. I'm a chatterbox who won and got taken down. And include Betty, who I think is you know, one of the better fillies uh, in the country. And then with that said, uh, we've got a horse that wasn't in that race, the Philly lovely Maria. All she did was win the Kentucky Oaks. How the hell do I separate these horses? Wow. Maybe an exact amount. I don't know. I think you mentioned uh, the two best fillies. Um, I think I'm a chatterbox is definitely the horse to beat. 
uh, with a bad break last time when she came out. I think she still was going to win the race. And Carolina, who kind of got the one, you know, got the um, benefit of the doubt with the with the DQ. But uh, looking at this, I think it's going to be a two horse race again. Not to take anything away from anybody else, but there's not a whole lot of pace. And I see a lot of these mile reporters that these riders have a tendency to really sit a long time. So I think uh, this is going to be a two horse race. Between Ama Chatterbox and Carolina. Carolina. Uh, yep, and, and it's going to be a good one, too. Well, yeah, it it looks like on the Chatterbox, uh, you know, um, might try to try to do the pace again. And the rest of them look like they're slightly stalkers. And, of course, include Betty just comes from way out of the clouds. And I, and I think what's going to handicap include Betty in here is it doesn't look like there's going to be a whole lot of people chasing on a chatterbox up front. I think they're, these other ones that, that I mentioned, like Lovely Maria and, and, and Carolina, uh, are, are probably going to sit a little bit chilly behind, uh, behind uh, on a chatterbox. Yeah, I, I could agree with you there. You know, and I'm a chatterbox, if somebody does a suicide mission and goes a little fast early, she's very, very rateable. I've seen her run some of her better races off the pace, so very versatile to go either way. Well, and I have the utmost respect for the the trainer Larry Jones, and he really does have a one-two punch. If you can uh, just put a line through the Delaware Oaks coming off the layoff from the Kentucky Oaks, this horse could be a serious threat too. And you're looking at five to one, so there could be some value in Lovely Maria. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. When she won a Churchill, I won a big contest that day using her. I ended oh, up did using you? her that day, and I was at Treasure Owl out in uh, Vegas here, and, uh, you know, I won, I won the contest out of her, so I really kind of root for her, but, uh, you know, Larry Jones, he does have two of the better ones in here, and uh, handicap-wise, I don't know, he, you know, he, pace-wise, he's going to set up the race, so we'll see what happens here on the front end. Now, I'll be rooting for him because I think it's so cool that he stuck with uh, uh, Kerwin Clark, who I was there the day that they won the Ashland Stakes down at Keeneland. And as many wins as Kerwin Clark has in the books, that was his first ever grade one. And when he came back to the winner's circle, he was uh, literally crying. It was, a, it was a sight to see, and it was very heartfelt. All of you would know that, John, but that's a good, that's a good point there. I didn't know that. <laughs> Well, I, I just happened to be there and did, did some asking. Well, listen, before we go to break, uh, I, you see this all over the country now, a quarter million dollars up for grabs, uh, the, the grade two Pat O'Brien, and it only gets five horses in the field. Uh, it, it's, it's an epidemic all over the country. Um, but nonetheless, uh, you can always use it as part of a, a pick three or a pick four uh, so with only five in the field, I'm going to ask you to reach out here. Does I don't have any odds in front of me, but uh, does appealing tail look appealing, turning back from a mile and a sixteenth to seven furlongs? Uh, I, I love the seven furlong distance because it's so unique. And Kobe's back is in there. They're probably I don't know if that horse can be overlooked, but I know that it loves the distance. Uh, I'll tell you what, Kobe's back walked out of the gate last time. But it might have been a good thing because there's a really hot pace up front. I think he might have benefited by the race falling apart. You know, Wild Dude didn't get the perfect trip and winning the race, and Kobe's back really close and serious ground up. But back to your original question, I'm healing Cal, I think, turning back to the 7 8 system right in the head. And he went out there with Bayer in last time, you know, head and head. And I really like him. I really like him, Fred. 
All right, appealing tail, trained by Peter Miller, comes into this race off three straight 100-plus buyers. Uh, has yet to win at Del Mar, but had some awful close calls. Uh, so it'll be a very interesting. Joe Talamo, the regular jack, uh, will be back up. Gary Stevens, the regular jack of uh, Kobe's back, will be on that horse's back. So, uh, it, it, again, it's the Pat O'Brien. It's a short field. Uh, you're probably not going to get Rich Bettnett, but you might, can probably use it as part of your uh, uh, cross-reference races if you're doing a pick three or a pick four. Well, uh, we're talking with professional handicapper Gary Johnson. Appreciate his time. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to take a look at one of the biggest races in the country this weekend, the TVG Pacific Classic, the big girl taking on all the big boys, and the Del Mar Handicap. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neill. He's at Tough the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. To left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we, we cover everything. Cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with us on Winning Ponies, one of the top handicappers in the country, Gary Johnson. Gary, um, you've done a lot of traveling over the years uh, with your contests. You've been, uh, you know, pretty much from coast to coast, and uh, this uh, certainly isn't your first rodeo. I want to ask you, of of the tracks that, that, that you go to, what are give me your top two or three that that you like just to be at as a uh, as a fan of the sport. Well, first of all, Santa Anita. You know, I never really got there until probably three years ago. I was never California, but I make that a regular stop uh, three or four times a year. Santa Anita definitely. Keeneland always. I mean, Keeneland is, is as good as you can get. And uh, one other one I'm going to put on my list here. You're going to laugh. Belterra. I've been going to lately. The best OTB in the country for a race, you know. And I'm not saying that because maybe you're around that area, but by far the best. And I told my buddies that, you know, for what they did for the Racino there. But so there you go. And they don't even have a contest. But, um, you know, I like to go in down there and hang it out for the, for the gambling. Well, I, I'm a little disappointed because when you're in the race book down there, I'm about 50 yards away from you. So dial me up. I was there last uh, Saturday, Sunday. I seen Ed Myers, as a matter of fact, I came through there. Did you really? Did you see Ed? I was. 
Ed yeah, was our guest handicapper. I've seen Ed, and I, I, I should have mentioned that, you know, that I was there to see you, but I didn't even know you were doing a whole lot until the TV camera came on and you give all winners. Well, yes, I'm 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 working out here. I guess when they uh, when they tore down River Downs, they didn't realize that I still came with the furniture, so they can't get rid of me right yet. So. Oh, I I love it, but it, it is, and not just to say that you know I do I go to Santa Anita every couple of weeks and Saratoga and all the places. But uh, I had I had some friends, mutual friends in the Columbus area, and we went over and by Sayota and. And it was, you know, what can I say? It was pretty bad. So we just rode down to uh, Beltier and spent the night and stayed there for a couple of days. But what a, what a race book, I got to say. I love it. Well, definitely look me up next time you're in town. I'd love to, love to see you in person. Well, one track I've never been to that I always wanted to get to was where the turf meets the surf out at, at Del Mar. I've seen enough photos to know how beautiful it is. I see the quality of racing out there. So let's go there for, for a few minutes, and we'll start with the uh, – you don't see many handicaps anymore, uh, but we've got them in here. We've got them anywhere from – uh, 115 pounds to 123, based on these horses' experience. Uh, the Del Mar Handicap, it's a grade two going a different distance, a mile and three-eighths. It's on the grass, and uh, you've got some horses that absolutely love love the weeds. You've got last year's winner in there, Big John B., with uh, what I feel is a, one of the top jockeys in the country, Rafael Bayerano up. But I'm kind of drawn to this horse, uh, Ashley Loves Sugar. It looks to me like they kind of took a gamble last time because of its uh, race in the Whittingham and said, hey, what do you say we travel east and try the United Nations? And it was a failed experiment. Uh, Back uh, on the West Coast, Ashley Loves Sugar will break from the one hole with Gary Stevens. That horse has drawn my, my attention, Gary. And the other one is this, I don't know anything about the horse, but I know that Richard Mandela has a fantastic hand with horses that he gets from South America. And this horse only lost to Ashley Loves Sugar by a half length in its third U.S. start. It was a graded stakes winner in Argentina. I just have a hard time throwing out anything that Mandela gets from South America. So those are you know, three that have drawn my attention. And should there be pace in there, look out for Finnegan's Wake because that horse can come flying at the end. But he's six years old, still won three races already this year, and $720,000. Uh, good question, John. Where's the pace? I mean, I, I looked at this race, looked at this race. I think Ashley Loves uh, Sugar is one of the top boards of Burnished, you know, the one-two that you mentioned. But one thing I can see, there's zero speed. Little Terry, the five horse in there, looks like it's going to do what it wants on the front end. I've seen him run when he's had the lead, and he battles and battles and battles. So I was kind of looking at that race as a, as a good betting race for Saturday. I, I really like Little Terry, and, and I think a really good box with Ashley Loves Silver and Garnish because those, those two with the trips are going to get a probably really good exacto horses. But I can see Little Terry at a nice price probably still in this. There's just no speed. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any odds in front of me, but quite frankly, you've got to go back about 13 races to see the last time this horse was a favorite, and it was in, in a uh, $32,000 claimer at Delmar, uh, where the horse has won twice. But you're right. Looking down here, all these horses like to come from a bit out of the clouds, including last year's winner, uh, Big John B. He, he, he likes to come from way out of it. Of course, Finnegan's Wake, if you've ever seen his running style, he's not the same zip code for the first mile or so. Um, 
I just wonder if uh, if Ashley's Love Sugar can maybe ratchet it up a, a little bit to uh, try to uh, chase little Jerry. Yeah, you know, a lot of times a horse, when they have that style and they like to relax early, if you push them, then we've seen that it's handicapped or sometimes we'll bet a horse they'll be laying closer than we really thought. A lot of times they go straight back. So when you get these caliber horses, better horses, usually they stay in, in with their running style. And little Jerry's going to go real slow on the front end, and uh, I don't know if he's good enough, but he'll sure have an easy lead. All right. Well, my producer's telling me, Gary, we got about four minutes to address what will be one of the best races of the weekend, and that is the TVG Pacific Classic. Uh, Beholder, a two-time national champion, uh, became the 5-2 to two morning line favorite. But you know what? There's an old axiom in racing. Don't ever bet on a horse to do something that's never done. She's never raced against boys. She's never gone a mile and a quarter. She is brilliant. She's undefeated. She loves Del Mar. How do you weigh those things? I'll tell you what, you know, as a handicapper, you know, there's, there's one rule I never do is that the least against boys. And she kind of would make you kind of think twice about your, your, your rules. But uh, I think she's got her hands full here. Again, like you said, the distance, uh, the speed factor, she's, she's going to have to really excel and, and improve to be these guys. She was awesome in the Clement Hirsch, but again, that was uh, you know against against eight fillies. She's uh, three for three this year at Del Mar. She's only lost once in four career starts. Um, who appears to be you know the, the is perhaps opportunity at five to one a good opportunity to bet? Not a bad one at all because you know the running style. I think you know we know Bob Baffert. I mean he's going to have cranked up ready to run. Two back, two starts back when he got beat a nose, he really blew the turn and had a, co- and had a tough way to go, or probably would have been a winner. But uh, with, with that, and I'm looking at here, this cast of flight seems to be really well right now. And Gary yeah. Stevens had a, had a tough decision. He's going to take off a horse that's won 10 out of 17 to ride a horse that's won 13 out of 18. Naturally, you know, the, the Philly's probably going to be the favorite to bring this stuff, but uh, he had a tough decision. But my decision will be easier because I can only bet. And I, I think catch flight at a pretty decent price in there. Once again, as I spoke into the last race, here's an example of a horse that Richard Mandela lays its hands on. I mean, the guy, he just he gets these horses from South America. Uh, I'm not sure if there's an underground railroad or what, but he really <laughs> seems to know how to adapt them to American racing. I mean, this year alone, uh, this horse has won four of seven with three-thirds and won um, the bulk of its career racing, over a half a million dollars. And what's interesting is it's an Argentinian bred by Giants Causeway, something that's kind of strange to see in its own right. Right. And you see the patience usually pays off, and, and he doesn't run them a whole lot. But And, I, and he, a lot of these people get these horses from Argentina. They're not any good, but he, you're right. He's probably picking a good one to I don't know what he's doing, but it's working, and I'm going to be on his team. <laughs> well, Catch a Flight is certainly talented. Is right there all the time. Uh, has a stalking style. Uh, I think we know that Beholder will either be setting or be right there on the pace. Uh, it's become her career signature move. Uh, so I see several of these horses like Opportunity, uh, Catch a Flight. Um, you know, maybe sitting off her, you, you know, Bayern could, could soften her up because I think Baffert's already said, 
his best shot is to go to the front. That's how he wins races. So uh, Bayern could really be a big threat to, to softening up Beholder and, and, and setting it up for a horse like Catch a Flight. Exactly. Bayern's probably the most disappointing horse this year in horse racing anywhere in the country from what he accomplished last year to this year. But, uh, um, you know, I think I think you're right. He's going to sit him to the lead and it's going to compromise Beholder's chances. So I'm going to go with a seven-eight box in there with Catch a Flight and Opportunity there and hope for the best. All right. Well, we've been talking with Gary Johnson. Uh, listen to what he said, ladies and gentlemen. He's one of the top handicappers in the Kentucky. He used to be based in the Buckeye State. He was a top trainer. And I certainly appreciate you, the time you spent with us, Gary. Uh, it's been great talking with you. Uh, thanks for having me, brother. And I'll definitely give you a call when I'm in your area again. Please do. All right. Well, I want to thank not only Gary Johnson, I want to thank Kenny McPeak for his time. I want to thank you for listening. And I want to remind you, as I look out my window over the pristine turf course past the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky, when you go to the racetrack, remember, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.